This week's episode is brought to you by Fairy Godmother Travel. Contact them for all your Disney-related travel needs. Send them an email at communicorweekly at fairygodmothertravel.com and tell them we sent you. Hello, and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show and home of the world's first pair of independently born identical twins. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And it's been a whirlwind couple of weeks <laughs> over here at Communicore <laughs> Weekly headquarters and such. Yeah, you're Communicore Weekly headquarters west. I'm west, you're east. And I'm east. But yes. both sides have converged and it, it just got crazy <laughs> for a bit. Well, yes, it did. I think we got all of our steps in. Uh, yeah, I'm checking my Fitbit right now, and <laughs> I got, I think 10 million was the number that I hit. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, I think we should jump into the trip report and, uh, talk about it. Let's do. Up, step, jump, and skip. We took a trip, and this is our trip So we just got back from a crazy long weekend in Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> at a little place called Dragon Con, where George and I were on a bunch of panels, and we also had the Communic Weekly live show events as well. And I had a blast. What, what did you think, George? Um, I had a blast, but I was completely overwhelmed. <laughs> and well, you have never away. been to a, a convention Con, like that before. Anything. No, nothing like that at all. And I mean, especially when you put 75,000 people in a four square city block yeah. and most of them are dressed in costume. And Amazing costumes at that. Unbelievable costumes. And then we've got, yeah, it, it was quite astounding well, to be part of this. I, I was telling people that you were like a, uh, a kid in a candy store going, well, look at that. <laughs> look, at that. look over there because you just had never seen anything yeah. to that and scale we before to the, well, is, was the Mar Marriott the first one had the big dragon con stuff in it or uh, that that was the largest one the first one that you and I went into on the first night was the Hyatt oh the Hyatt so yeah you, we walked right in and then yeah. there was an R2D2 yes which yes. I would never seen before I mean you know besides you know at, at, at a Disney park and from there, it was just a parade of characters, costumes, people, nonstop. Madness. <laughs> madness, madness, madness. Points where you really couldn't walk, and you just kind of followed the line in front of you, hoping they were going in the right direction. <laughs> you know, people told me that it was worse than Comic-Con, but I still think Comic-Con for me this year was the worst crowd-wise. I think this was definitely more spread out and more comfortable but still not a hundred like you know a night yeah. obviously and especially in the marriott it was insane the amount of yes. people that were in there yeah and that's because you're about four hotels like five even the, oh there were five hotels i mean yeah, right. i mean there was the three that were connected to each other and then there was two like a block or two away that also had um stuff that's in right. it as well so you had you had panels and all of these you had people walking around in costumes you had <laughs> people standing around drinking Eating, uh, hanging out, taking photographs, making and, friends, 
Yes. Uh, wow, it's really hard to explain. It's it's Dragon Con was amazing. I'm so glad we got invited to be part of it and see the. Oh, I still thinking back about all the things. I mean, you know, it's like there was that guy dressed up like a chauffeur that uh, had a sign that said Godot. Yeah. He's waiting for Godot. It was brilliant. We saw um, Mrs. Frizzle from the Magic School Bus. I saw like and... 4,000 Mrs. Frizzles. It was great. Oh, yeah. 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 So, by, well, well, I guess we need to talk a little bit about the panels and, and what, what it was like and what we did. Yeah. So, too. first, before anything exciting. else, I think we should thank Jill from Kaleidoscope Track oh, that's um, right. for that's inviting right. us onto all of these panels she had us on. And also, Derek from the yeah. Horror Track for allowing us to do the live show on that track as well. And for not scaring me. Yes, for not scary. Although that, that Yeti was pretty frightening. In the, oh, that in was the in the room? room. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty frightening. I, but I mean, yeah, to I me, it was it. amazing the people that came out to the panels that we were on yeah. and how yeah. awesome and open, like, and they, you know, they just, they were curious. They had a lot of good questions and they were less, I mean, minus the live show, it was less us just talking to them and more of a conversation between us and the people sure. that were in the audience. Sure. Uh, so the first one we did was the um, animated films to live action. Yes. Which was so much more than just Disney. And that was on, was that, yeah, that was Friday at 7 yeah. o'clock. And I think that's what threw us off at first when we were preparing. We were just thinking about Disney stuff. And then in the middle of it, we were like, wait, there's a whole other world of things we could be talking about. That's true. The, Let's the, talk about uh, all the things. <laughs> like the G.I. Joe movies, Transformers. Yes, exactly. I mean, not just Maleficent and Cinderella and things that, and Alice in Wonderland that we were thinking about. But the people out in the audience, I mean, we've had 45 or so, were extremely passionate about yes. this subject. And I think that was and, a really good one, for, first one for you to be on as your oh, first yeah. experience overall. I think that was a really That's good right. experience for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to get that feedback and to get people that liked it and enjoyed it. And it, it was kind of neat being up on the, well, we had to share a mic, didn't we? That's true. A couple of times. Yeah, I mean, we got over it later on the weekend, but still. Yeah. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I mean, everybody there was so warm and kind and welcoming, and I really can't thank people enough. Like how amazing it was! Like I had such a good time about it, and I just mm -hmm. so jazzed about it. Yeah, it was exciting, and then to 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 get dumped out into one of the halls and run into people. Yes, um, yes, people that we've worshipped from <laughs> from afar, from afar, yeah. and. And, you know, got to know, I mean, there were yeah. some nights that we got to hang out with some of these people too. And then there were some nights that we were hanging out with like people that had listened to the show for years and we were meeting them for the first time. Like, um, not to call anyone out, but like Elle, for example, like. That's true, Elle. She's been yeah. listening forever and it was great to finally meet her in person amongst, you know, all these other people that we were meeting. And it, it was just a really good friendly atmosphere and i i'm glad that we had the opportunity to do so yeah and it, it's true we had somebody drive all the way like two hours almost to see us yeah so which is insane jenny 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 but that's we'll leave it as that we'll yeah leave it as thanks that. jenny so, yeah thanks um <laughs> and uh so so then saturday morning 10 o'clock a.m a.m same time as the parade we were on the tomorrowland panel which had with, an amazing turnout for a parade yes, there were, Panel. Over fifty people. Yeah, they came to see us talk about Tomorrowland, and um, uh, we 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 have a brand new best friend, a scientist of some repute, Doctor Ill repute. Doctor Scott, repute. I, he's a big fan of the yes. show. He also runs Doctor Geeks um, Science Lab Science podcast, lab. which is a which great I was podcast. It wasn't a dog in a lab coat. Oh, I mean, like a science dog. I was hoping, but no, no. Um, but he's a great dude. It was great to finally meet him in person, too, because yeah. I had been on his show before, and it was great to finally chat with him. And he's a super smart guy. You guys should listen to his podcast, too, after you yeah, listen to us, of course. 
he's almost apparently he is the guy who's building the swamp boat time travel technology machine. Yes, for we discussed it. We just don't know it yet, but apparently yeah. he does the future, and that's how we get back to do all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm already confused. <laughs> but yeah, I guess just wow. to kind of wrap up, um, we should you know thank everyone who came to the live show. I mean, <laughs> we when we went up there. Uh, we were, I mean, we didn't really think anybody was going to show up for the show. And when we first, I was standing in line at Starbucks, and I, and George was yelling at me from one of the upper levels, going, "We have a line. There's a line <laughs> of did. people here." Um, we probably had about 80 people before before the um, doors open. Yeah, before the doors open, about a half hour. So yes. there were a lot of people that were excited about it. Um, we we sort of did an informal poll at the beginning. You know, how many people in the room had heard of us, which kind of made us a little bit sad. But it was only about 25 or 30, but. And, but, they definitely knew on the way out, like after yes. the fact. And we had about 250 people yes. that were there. It was standing, standing room only. People in the back, and you know, the Community Core Weekly Orchestra was there. They played all the bumpers live and included ads and stuff they didn't tell us. Which was great. They were do, which was fantastic. And and you guys will hear that. In a, yes. In anyway. It'll be our Halloween episode this season, yeah. so you'll have to wait, what is it, like three, four weeks or so, but... I don't know. That's the maths. I can't count. Yeah, right the maths we can't do real well. But I mean, it was a really, really good show. A lot of good energy in the room. People were super psyched about it. It seemed like they were really into it. Um, got some really good comments after the after the performance. Yeah. And got again got to meet some people, fans yeah. of the show for years, and had a great time. And then it was more like fun. <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful. And really, thank you all of you guys. Like you're the reason we do this stuff. So really, yeah. thank you so much for all your kindness and generosity over the years. And we're, I mean, we'll thank, we're really thankful for you guys. Um, yeah. And, and apparently we may have been asked back. That's all. Oh yeah. Say. Oh yeah. So I was like, what do you mean? We're, oh yeah, yeah. Jill, Jill was asking us to come back. She's going to put us on her wish list. Um, yeah. which I don't know if it's for Christmas or for dragon hunt. It can go either way at this point, but yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. So maybe make some plans to attend dragon con 2016. It's always labor day weekend. Uh, yes, it is. You will be among friends when you were there yes yes everybody loved everybody and had a great time and wow i'm excited now and i'm actually want to go do some other cons as right well now? you want to do it right well, now sure right now yeah i mean we can come back and do this later right all right i'm gonna, I'm gonna hit stop and you're gonna go do some cons okay good he's a nerd he's a geek but we all like to hear him speak so listen up to the words from his speech ah. it's george's book of the week this week's book is The Wisdom of Walt by Jeffrey Barnes. So I just finished my review copy of The Wisdom of Walt, and um, I kind of liked it, which is kind of good. Especially if I'm well, talk review about over. Book, right? Exactly. Um, no, it's funny because I've seen a lot of uh, Barnes's. I'll call him Barnes because if I say Jeff, it might confuse It'll be confusing for me. It'll be confused. So I saw a lot of uh, Barnes's post on Facebook where he would post different characters at Disneyland actually holding his book. And he says, it's time for you to learn all about the wisdom of Walt. Um, and so when he contacted us and said, would you guys like review copies? I was like, well, sure, of course, please send them our way. Um, so I really didn't know much about the book before I started reading it, uh, except that it was sort of like a, you know, like a business coaching book or uh, a book that you would use to uh, sort of like so you could get mentoring, like virtual mentoring. And it, don't let that stop you from reading this if it sounds like it's not your cup of tea. Once I delved in between the pages of the book, I realized that it was just more, more than just a business book. And it really looked at developing your own leadership style, as well as looking at how we personally res resolve problems and issues and how we can relate that to Disneyland 
and how Disneyland was developed. Barnes would let you uh, talk about problems and issues, uh, how you might relate that to your business or to your personal life, and how you could make a positive change for yourself and others. And, and what Barnes does that most Disney fans are really going to like is that he ties all of his lessons into different aspects of Disneyland. Uh, whether it's looking at Walt's life and how he faced different challenges to you know overcome them. Uh, then he goes on to show you how you can focus and apply those same ideas or solutions to your own life. So the development of Disneyland can sort of mirror your own life as well. And Barnes is a professor and does teach a history of Disneyland course, which is kind of neat. It is pretty cool. Um, it is, it is. Uh, and he's real close to Disneyland, Jeff, so you might run into him. May, so may sure have I will. Book. Make sure you carry the book so he can take a photo of you. Okay. Take you so anyway. Jeff in the wild. So, <laughs> so each chapter uh, in the book focuses on a different aspect of Disneyland and how you can use that information to make your own life better. Uh, the book is very inspirational, but more along the lines of what we're used to with Disney and Disney fairy tales. And Barnes sort of offers a roadmap, a roadmap on how to make your goals sort of come true or come to fruition. The book is designed like most leadership books that you'll find in the business section of the bookstore. And it's not a bad thing. And the title really is very easy to read. And Barnes' style is very down to earth, very relatable, which is great. And as I said, his background in academics and teaching, it sort of allows him to offer ideas and break them down in ways that are easier for the layperson to understand. The, the Disneyland history aspect of the book, which I know a lot of the Disney geeks are going to be most interested in, is really quite charming. And uh, the, for us Disney fans, it's going to lend a lot of credibility to what Barnes talks about because he really knows his stuff. He really knows his history. And the way he weaves it not only into his personal narrative, he talks about his life and what he went through uh, to get where he is today, to, as he sees it, you know, teaching a class at, on Disneyland at his university. It, it can be very inspiring to see what he did and how far he went. Um, Barnes really gives us the opportunity to see what Walt did with Disneyland and try to apply it to our own lives as well. And it's a little bit more than just you know, reading the book, at the end of each chapter, he offers uh, different things like getting your hand stamped. He talks about, it's before you leave the chapter, get your hand stamped, and you talk about the ideas of the chapter, which was great. And then there's a souvenir stop, and there's a part where he asks you to think about putting it in your life as well. So I think it's something that people can read it for the history and enjoy it, or they can read it and try to make things different. Uh, I think a lot of hardcore Disney fans are they're not going to learn as much about Disneyland, you know, because we're so into that. But, you know, the people that are reading this book, they're going to uh, walk away with little tidbits of information about Disneyland that they may not have known before, and they're going to improve their lives a little bit. And it's obvious that Barnes loves the subject and really enjoys talking about visiting Disneyland, especially his trips, which we all love hearing about trips. Of course. So if you, yeah, of course. So if you want to read a, a, a pretty inspirational business coaching type book that delves into the history of Disneyland, then I think The Wisdom of Walt by Jeffrey Barnes is going to be a great choice for you. So go ahead and check it out. This week's book was The Wisdom of Walt by Jeffrey Barnes. Here's another minute that you can't get back. It's the 60-second review. For this week's 60-second review, we're going to look at the new Blu-ray release 
for Star Wars Rebels, which if you're not aware, is a computer animated show, sort of like Disney's uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, that aired on Disney XD. And before the discs had showed up at uh, CommuniCore Weekly East headquarters, I'd only seen about half of them. Um, and I wish I'd seen all of them. You know, I was, I was really familiar with the series and very excited to dig into it. And, you know, as I said, it's from the creators of Star Wars Clone Wars. So, hey, I was super excited about this. I mean, it's hard for any show to live up to the Clone Wars, which had an amazing six seasons and some lost episodes. And, you know, that show overall really took Star Wars to this brand new level. And so I was kind of hesitant to start Rebels at first. But that said, every time an episode was on TV, uh, my son Alex and I, we tore into it because we loved it. And, you know, it managed to keep some of the charm of Clone Wars, but still branch off and become its own thing. and, And it's just amazing. Yeah, so Star Wars Rebels takes place about four years prior to A New Hope, or Star Wars Episode Four, the one that came out in the 70s. And we meet Ezra, who's playing the role of a street rat. You know, my first thought was, oh, this is sort of like Aladdin. He's trying to survive life on the planet Lothal. Uh, he runs into an imperial entanglement with a shopkeeper, and you quickly learn that Ezra's got a good side to him as well, which apparently will come in handy later. Uh, after that... Ezra meets a cast of characters, uh, Kanan Jarrus, Zeb Aurelios, and Sabine Wren. And yeah, it's just typical Star Wars names. That's okay, you'll get used to them. <laughs> uh, and those three are trying to heist some Imperial goods, basically. And the story moves very quickly and is a lot of fun to watch it. They really get a job with the action scenes. And eventually we find um, Ezra is on a ship called the Ghost, where we meet Hera Sindala and Chopper, an awesome droid. That's all we're going to say. And, uh, you know, about halfway through the entire season one disc there, I texted Jeff and I was like, whoa, this is sort of like Serenity meets Star Wars. You yeah. know? Yeah, and I thought that was a pretty dead-on description of the show. Um, yeah. It was a lot of humor. And, I, you know, the interaction between the team is one of the things that really kept me coming back to the show. They're mismatched, but they really work perfectly well together, especially when the stakes are, like, super high. And, you know, every scene is just great. I mean, it makes for good interplay. And it really is one of the better shows on TV right now, and the fact that it's Star Wars makes it even better. And, I mean, the show has a ton of guest stars as well. Like, more people from the Star Wars universe kept popping up, and it was just really <laughs> cool to revisit those characters. I loved it, yeah. What, what really got me, though, about the show, what really impressed me, was that it looks and sounds like Star Wars. Clone Wars... You know, felt like Star Wars, not quite the classic Star Wars. It was it was more towards the prequels, but Star Wars Rebels. I mean, sounded like you were watching the Star the the first Star Wars films, episodes four, five, and six. I know we're gonna get confusing with this one, so I think I think fans of the classic original Star Wars are really gonna love this because it's it's like you're still watching the films, like they're extensions of the films. Uh, the characters that we meet are really well developed. And the voice acting is superb. Very, very su- superb, especially uh, Hera. I keep wanting to say Hera, but Hera. You just want to say Hera because we met her over the weekend and we had drinks with her. Did we? Did we? Did we? Name Did drop, we? let me pick Name it drop. up. It's Smack. on the floor. Smack. Okay. And as Jeff uh-huh. mentioned, there are some great cameos, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's kind of set in that weird time period that we don't really know a lot about because... Mm-hmm. 
you know, everything is so familiar from us between between the two films, between episode three and episode four, but we're not really sure where the Empire stands yet. Like, this is the time that Darth Vader isn't really known as yeah. the imposing scary dude he, he is. He's still a mystery. And there's still, like, some very small underlying tones to the Force. Like, it's, it hasn't been around for a while, so it's, it's kind of out there. But, um... I mean, in addition to it being such an amazing show, the disc actually has a handful of really interesting extras, such as uh, Rebels uh, Recon, which were 14 behind-the-scenes featurettes that were featured on StarWars.com. Yeah, which I thought those were really good. Uh, the Rebel Recon, they were the, like you mentioned, they were the web-based shorts, and they interviewed people involved with the show, including Dave Filoni, you know, the showrunner, and some other people, and they were able to ask some very specific questions and get some pretty cool insight as opposed to what's uh, about what's coming and where the story went and they they feature Andy Gutierrez who's the I think the social media person for Star Wars and um she's really cute yeah so I'm, I'm down with that I'm good <laughs> yeah. uh, there's also a bit from the recent Star Wars celebration that was in Anaheim and it had a little bit of the Q&A from from that session and it's not the entire session just little bits of it but it was still pretty good to get uh, a small piece of it and there's also a preview for season two and, I mean, we've already seen the, the first quote-unquote episode mm -hmm. from it back in June. I'm super stoked for the rest of Season 2. Here it comes. I'm yeah. ready. It's going to be good. I mean, you know, basically being just a few months away from The Force Awakens, this is an absolutely amazing time to be a Star Wars fan. We've, we've talked about and reviewed some of the amazing novels, and more are coming, like Aftermath and other titles. And the Star Wars animation that we've seen with Rebels and Clone Wars is so good. It feels like such a natural part of that universe that it's almost hard to describe. And, you know, I, I do feel like I'm, I'm uh, like a kid, like I did back in the 1970s, but I guess that was before Jeff was born. So yes, that's right. George is much, much older than me by at least 40 years. God, at um, least. I mean, it's got to be that, right? Yep. Yeah, the math's okay. good. Don't, don't anyway. check it, but that math is correct. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Rebels is a really great addition to the new Star Wars canon. I mean, we both really enjoyed it. It's a great bridge between the, the terrible prequels and the classic trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, it's wonderful. I mean, we both obviously highly recommend you check it out. So I so, think you should go do that. Two lightsabers up? Two lightsabers up. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. At Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, you'll find a really good tribute to a lot of former and current attractions at the exit of Space Mountain. Now, just before you get on the moving walkway at the end of the ride, there's actually a robot on the left-hand side who's sitting at a desk, and near him is a screen that contains all sorts of information, but you really want to just focus on the left-hand side of the screen, and it has something that's listed like the open and closed sec sectors. And under each one of those uh, headings, there's a random assortment of numbers and letters listed. But they're not really a random assortment. They're actually really clever tributes to current and former attractions. So the open sectors are obviously about the things that are still open in the park. So, uh, let's see. F-L-M-A-W-P stands for Fantasyland, uh, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. A-L-A-F-C stands for Adventureland, Aladdin's Flying Carpets. F-L-M-P-M stands for Fantasyland, Mickey's Magic. Uh, F-R-L-S-M stands for Frontierland, Splash Mountain. T-L-B-L-S-R-S stands for Tomorrowland, Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin. Uh, T-L-M-I-L-F-A-F-F -F -F is Tomorrowland, Monsters, Inc., Laugh Floor. <laughs> oh, man. And then under the closed sectors are all 
uh, extinct attractions, such as FL20K, obviously Fantasyland, 20,000 Leagues Under Sea. Uh, FLMTWR is obviously for Mr. Toad's Wild Ride to Fantasyland. TLSK2FL was Tomorrowland Skyway to Fantasyland. Um, MSUSB is the Main Street USA for the Swan Boats, not the Swan mm-hmm. Boat Time Machines. Those nope. were never there yet. Um, FLMMR, Fantasyland it, for the Mickey Mouse Review. And finally, TLM2M for Tomorrowland, Mission <laughs> to Mars. So, That's a lot crazy. of goats hidden in that one computer screen. It was pretty crazy. I like that. So the Swan Boat Time Travel Technology, because those aren't even there yet. Not yet. No, those but weren't extinct. there. No, those weren't there yet. Y- yes, that's right, George. That's the important. Well, anyway, I like that. So <laughs> I'm confused by language and time travel right now. Exactly. Aren't we all? Yes. Speaking of that, we saw a ton of Doctor Who's at Dragon. Oh, we did Con. see a lot of Doctor Who's at Dragon Con. We did see a lot of Doctor Who's at Dragon Con. A lot of female Doctor Who's. Awesome. Yeah, but in Peggy Carter's. And Peggy, oh, there's a lot of Peggy, Peggy Carter's. A lot of Peggy Carter's, okay. And Karen Gillan, actually Karen Gillan. Oh, an actual Karen Gillan, yeah. Wow. Yes. Okay, well, speaking of Karen Gillan, we're here to talk about the year of a million or so <laughs> limited time. Wait, is she my prize? No, I thought she was mine. Oh. Womp womp. So you're not as excited about that? No, I'm, I don't care anymore. Anyways, <laughs> the year of a million or so limited time cadets prize winner. Um, for those of you who haven't been listening to the past year, each week we're giving away an awesome prize to one lucky cadet who happens to email communicorweekly at gmail.com with their name, address, and birthday. Um, so not only can we give them a prize, but we can give them something cool on their birthday. Um, but we've been making those announcements at the end of each show, and this week's prize is an Alani prize pack from Fairy Godmother Travel. And the prize winner for this week is Christine F. from, hmm, I don't know someplace how to say. in Washington. I'm going to say Polly up? I'm going to say Puyallup. Puyallup. Okay. Puyallup. Okay. You let you email us and you let us know how to yeah, say so it, please. So, Christine, email us and tell us how to say that. And don't forget, you two can be a potential winner. We've only got a few months left to give out awesome prizes. Heck yes, and we got a lot of good prizes still coming up. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So, okay, guys. So we have made it to the end of another episode of Communicore Weekly. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Yes, please leave us a comment on iTunes or rate us on iTunes or a comment on YouTube. However you listen to the show, let us know. Let us hear from you. We want to hear what you thought. Yeah, you can email us your thoughts on the show as well or questions or anything about Subcory at Weekly at gmail.com. And, of course, you can always like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Weekly. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Imagine Earning, and he's at Jeff Heimbach. And, of course, you can always give us a call on the Communicore Weekly GOAT line at 424-785-4628. Yep, and visit the Communa store on our website to buy some awesome stuff, or just go directly to communicoreweekly.spreadshirt.com where you can get some amazing T-shirts like the Hatbox Ghost T-shirt, and the Flushing on Our Own Terms t-shirt. And if you want your official cadet membership card or your uh, Communicore Weekly button, send a self-addressed stomped envelope to Communicore Weekly, P.O. Box 432, Orange, California, 92856. I love how you say stomped. It makes us feel stomped. elegant. I always say that now because I messed it up that one time. It's, it's, like, stomped. It's, like we, it's like we're more elegant. I'm proper. Yeah, sure, proper. Yo. Uh, <laughs> and you can always visit patreon.com slash Weekly and find out how you can help support the greatest online show. For Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. 
And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening, guys and gals. We'll see you next time on CommuniCore Weekly, the greatest online show. Thank you.